0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds from the 70s with Gary and Rob, not Two sheds today, Uh, coming to you from the, reminds me of the Hanoi Hilton Winchester building in the downtown metropolis area. Today's show, like it's (laughs) going to be a big deal, (laughs) today's show we are doing in
1: the daytime. Oh yeah, I love daytime shows, daytime shows are the greatest. (laughs) My mind, it's active in the daytime.
0: Which pisses me off to know it. <laughs> Rob loves it. Well, he doesn't. He hates it. I hate it. Yes, that yeah,
1: was sarcasm.
0: The only good thing about it this week is that it's like so cold,
1: uh, your dick would freeze. <laughs> That's <laughs> how cold it is. Yeah. Okay. You, you got to knock the frost <laughs> off your balls. <laughs> so
0: you kind of don't mind when it's that cold to be doing a show in the afternoon. But it is coming to be a little bit of a, I don't know, pain in the ass yeah. that, that Rob cannot stand up to his bosses
1: and say, listen. I'd rather man, not work at all than do these night shifts. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't. He just goes, whatever. Okay. You know, I got the words in my mind. I just can't bring them out. <laughs>
0: no, no, you just don't
1: have the balls.
0: Anyways, uh, the ladies in the reception area of the Winchester building always look at us when we arrive here during the daytime, as if we should put all deliveries in the back. <laughs> and yet we are the ones every week who promote this building, so-called building. Yeah. And they don't do, they don't, they don't do nothing. We are the stars of the Winchester building. God help us. <laughs> that we would actually be the stars of the way, win- but we are like we, 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 we say it every week. We don't have to, but we do. And yet we are treated like the hell. We are treated. We are treated like Mexicans in the 16th century in Mexico. No more, <laughs> no more car washes from me. <laughs> I don't know how they treated the uh, uh, people in
1: Mexico in the Pretty places. good back then. Probably things weren't uh, were all screwed up. So actually, I was wrong what I said. Yeah, they were having a great time back then. <laughs> they partied us siesta all the
0: time. Um, I saw Mr. Winchester today, the owner and manager of the uh, in a Winchester dream? building. You know what? In a dream? Oh, in a dream. <laughs> it's pretty much the only time you see him. But he did, when I did enter the building, he asked me in a rather polite voice for a change. Instead of instead of yelling at me,
1: he must want something.
0: He never yells at me about me. He always yells at me about about Mike or you. you know. me, yeah, uh, he wants to know if I'm still getting the monkey <laughs> to, as he put it, to replace the other monkey on the show.
1: <laughs> I'd just say that's always going to be an option
0: <laughs> until he's, there
1: are no more monkeys. In he's the
0: world. very anxious to get. Well, let's not say to get the monkey, but to get Rob.
1: The, he doesn't like he doesn't the like, guy who doesn't listen to the show the is anxious <laughs> to change the co-host. The guy who
0: has only listened so to the show show's format once, I think, and he wants to change the format. <laughs> oh so but I always say, Oh yeah, monkeys coming. Like this is this is a lesson for everybody. Never reveal your true intentions to your adversary. Just always be like, oh, yeah, monkey's coming. Great idea. Because if you start to debate with a person you don't like, oh yeah, you end up getting into like, oh, well, maybe your rent's going to be raised and maybe this is going to happen and we'll kick you out and all that stuff. So just yeah. that's why I think he likes me because I just say, sounds good. I'll get out right on it. And, of course, I've forgotten the whole conversation like two minutes. So later. does he.
1: <laughs> so, does, right. so does he. <laughs> that's how we keep getting away with it
0: um today of all things well we got a jam-packed show with me i uh today we got way too much but today we start our four-week series on random albums we just picked the albums out of the air we don't know what they're gonna be we don't know what they're gonna be could be could be ralph harris
1: (laughs) something (laughs) you've heard something you never knew existed we don't know
0: i never knew ralph harris released that album Wow. So, uh, and we have listeners' picks. Next week, we actually have a listener pick, which is cool, maybe. Okay. I don't know. So, Albums Chosen, this is Albums Chosen with no theme in mind. Nothing. There's no theme. It's random. It's crazy. It's like, what the hell is
1: going on? What are these guys thinking? We, are they insane? We threw a dart at a board, and the board had the nothing but numbers on it. I, oh man, sometimes I wish that monkey would get here sooner than later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> He'll be here.
1: I got some bananas waiting for.
0: And a lot of these albums, they don't fit into any category that I can really think of. I was going to say categorize, and I was in between saying category, category and categorize, and it ended up sounding like category.
1: Categorizes. Yes, that's,
0: that's <laughs> kind of what I, if I would have, if I would have, Caught, if I wouldn't have caught myself, it would have sounded just like that. And uh, today's album that we're going to review is one such record that is undefinable and un—I can't put it into any sort of theme. It's the 1971 album by the Flame and Groovies called "Teenage Head." No jokes, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the album is not called "Teenage Head." No jokes, please. It's the album's called "Teenage Head."
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm well slash. No jokes, please,
0: because we don't want you, it's it's a serious it's a serious thing, and that will be coming up soon, but first, what do you think,
1: Rob? About teenage head? Oh, fuck. <laughs> We've got to have more meetings. Uh, odds and ends. Odds and ends, I knew it was odds and
0: ends. Lost time is not found again. I knew that too. Uh, only one thing to say on today's odds and ends, and this will disappoint a lot of people.
1: Very quick. And painless. (laughs)
0: Quick and painless. And it is. And that is. I promised to do two emails. Remember when I said last show I was going to do two Two emails from listeners today? But I won't be doing that. You know why, Rob? Because the listeners have made you angry. I am so pissed off. No. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm bumping it to next week, maybe. Uh, because there is something else I want to talk about. I don't even know if I want to talk about it anymore. And you know, I don't even know if we have time to talk about it this week. Whenever, whenever something uh, changes
1: on the, the show, if, if, if any of you listeners want to get mad at someone, just think of Uptown Mike. Uptown. That's all you got to think.
0: That's all you got to think of. Yeah. So next week, for sure on those emails. Wink, wink. <laughs> Nothing is for sure on this show, except we will be here occasionally. <laughs> Not
1: every week. Until the world ends.
0: Until Rob dies, and then I Uh, really have to get (laughs) him.
1: It'll probably be a while. uh,
0: First, what we're going to do is another of my top 30 songs of all time. And today's selection is kind of an obvious one uh, because so many pick this song as either their favorite or one of their favorites ever. But it's picked that way for a reason, and that's because it is so great. And uh, it's God Only Knows by the Beach Boys from 1966. And, yes, Rob, I did now forget that one tab that I <laughs> wanted to. Oh, read.
1: yeah, there's always one. <laughs> that's the thing about tabs. You try rounding them all up, and one of a wanders errant.
0: It wanders mm. away. I'm going to let Rob here. Talk about the Beach Boys for a minute while uh, I bring up what I want to bring up.
1: Well, last night we got to work and uh, there were no propane balls from our What the hell does that have to do with the Beach Boys?
0: You're <laughs> well, we supposed to talk about the Beach Boys for a minute. I just so talk about God Only Knows, if you could, for a second.
1: Uh it has some words in it. The God only knows what I'd na 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 And then it back. continues on. Okay. And I so think it was from uh, the '60s. Yes, the '60s. Oh man, show has gone
0: off the rails in ten minutes. That's pretty good. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's because of
1: your lack of tab. Uh, I,
0: I I you know and I, I did. Rob saw me. I spent like. 15 minutes just pulling up all the tabs and i was sure i had all of them and i always miss one because
1: before you brought up the eighth one you thought you were missing one then after you brought up that one you said well that's it i got that missing one without realizing there was another one missing it happens and so it happens to the best of us anyway god only knows
0: (laughs) uh is uh it's a pretty good song. <laughs> I got totally <laughs> sidetracked now. I'm sorry.
1: I like it, and let's get on. Uh, it's uh, it's
0: it's it's so hard to describe a lot of songs in like, like that are so magnificent. It really is like, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't almost describe great masterpieces of songs because they're almost indescribable.
1: I you know they hit you with an emotion that. Uh... He's undeniable. It's yes. not just sounds and words. It's uh Paul it McCartney said response. something. Paul
0: McCartney said something a long time ago. When he said. He was talking about the power of music. And he said that his favorite song. Which I have known for quite a while. Was God Only Knows. His favorite song of all time was God Only Knows. And he said I don't know why. But every time that that music starts. And those words come. I start to cry. And I have no idea. Why that happens. <laughs> But that and he was just talking about the power of music, like how one song can affect somebody zilch. Yeah. And then you play the same song as somebody else. And it's like they can't help but get moved to the point of tears.
1: And There's some associations it draws up in some people and uh, other people don't have that association.
0: Yeah, but it's it's funny because like with the song with God Only Knows, I heard about it for a long time. And then when I finally actually heard the song, I didn't really have any association because I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I did it wasn't a song okay. that was played on the radio. Never heard the song. Ever. I don't think I heard the song. I don't know when, but it was way in to my twenties before I heard actually heard God Only Knows.
1: Usually on the Sunday afternoon show. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And uh then when I heard it, like I had no association yeah. with it, it was just like, Oh my god, that's a masterpiece. That's that's like there's there's horns there's there's the there's carl wilson's incredible vocals which is one of the most affecting vocals ever they're both extremely it's an extremely angelic vocal yet it's also very sensitive and it's it's all these things rolled into one and it's just undefinable about the greatness because there's so, also so much going on there's so much like it's it's a symphony almost but it's not it's like pared down and it's like When you talk about this song, there's so many things about, oh, but there's this, but it goes against this. Because, oh, there's a lot of instruments, but actually there isn't. It just sounds like that. And the vocal is supposed to be like this, but it isn't. It's actually very angelic. And that's sometimes with songs that they're just indescribable. Because when you start to describe
1: them, you you kind of trip yourself up on it a little bit.
0: (laughs) But it always gets me because with this song because of not only the beauty of the melody and and the music behind it and i've heard other versions of this song uh which don't do much for me it's always the, the, beach, boys the version, beach boys version. always the beach boys version which is like the other versions are okay but there's something magical there's something absolutely magical about the arrangement the music the vocal by carl wilson and of course the, what I just think are just unbelievable lyrics. And it starts off, which is hard to believe now in the cynical day and age that we live in. But back in 66, to start off the song by singing, I may not always love you. And yet it's a love song was extremely radical. Yeah, Extremely radical.
1: Yeah, I got a lot of girls hearing that and jumping to their own conclusion.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you hear that, because a lot of people go by their uh, if they can hear it, yeah. their first line or first two lines and, of the song, uh, especially in the top 40 days, you know?
1: Yeah, because you don't really pay attention to all the rest of the songs, unless you hear it, or all the rest of the lyrics, unless you hear it multiple times.
0: So it times. sounds like a bitter song, which is not, right off the bat, it sounds mm-hmm. like a bitter song, but actually, it's a misnomer, because what what he's saying, what Brian Wilson is saying is, but as long as there are stars, this is so great, <laughs> this is so genius, like a, a Brian Wilson, who I consider I mean, most people do, but I wish I just had a one, One, thousand, song. one half of a thousandth <laughs> of his genius. But but as long as there are stars above you, you need you never need to doubt it. I'll make so sure about it. Of course, these are actually Brian Wilson's words. These are Tony Asher's words, who wrote the lyrics to the song. But but Brian would always tell him what he wanted to write about and god only knows what i'd be without you and it's just and when put with the music it's just it it devastates you it's like it's like so uh moving without being sentimental and i hate i know rob does we hate sentimental
1: like sentimental is oh yeah when they deliberately try and uh go for an emotional response oh
0: you know something like oh i i I really want to hold your hand forever and ever until the end of time i'm going to use a few more shakespearean
1: cliches cliches and uh, i don't
0: like when when songs are like uh, people use language
1: that that people you don't hear right using it's
0: sappy it's sentimental it's i hear the same
1: thing in tv commercials yeah yeah exactly
0: (laughs) i heard one song the other day which was like that i can't remember it was actually only like two or three days ago and I don't remember what song it was. I kind of blocked it out of my memory, but I was just thinking, like, "Yeah, wow, those lyrics really pissed me off." That's because a, That's it's so it's so demeaning to actually think like that. It's it,
1: it, it's it's the border between someone trying to communicate something and someone trying to sell you something.
0: It's, yes, uh, they're trying to sell you a song. They're trying yeah. to sell you memories or whatever. This song is so heartfelt, mm-hmm. and this is the way you talk. Like you, even though it sounds like a sentimental line, this is actually something you would say to somebody. You know, God only knows what I'd be without you. Like the things that I could have done, the stupid things I could have done in my life if you weren't here to stop me and be here. That is not a sentimental line. It sounds sentimental when you hear it in the context of a love song like this, but it's not. These these are like, if you should ever leave me, though life would still go See, I like that. If you <laughs> should ever leave me, life will still go on. Believe me, it will still go on. The world could show nothing to me. So what good would living do me? Like, that's like, even though life goes on, it's so diminished without you. That's real life. That's heavy. Sincere. That's real life. Like, that's heavy stuff. Like, that's not, oh, if you leave me, I will die. I would literally. No, he's yeah, saying, yeah. I'll still live.
1: But it my just, life me.
0: will be so much less. So much less. You have no reality of how much it would hurt.
1: He doesn't claim to be climbing to the highest mountains or going to the deepest valleys. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And that's just, that's just one of the reasons this song just tears me apart. Every time I hear, it. I try not to hear too much because I don't want to uh, get sick of it, get sick of it. <laughs> In a but uh, so terms. I always usually like to listen to it when I'm listening to pet sounds. I don't like to listen to it separately. Oh yeah, and when it's with Pet Sounds, which we can't review unfortunately, it's 60s. probably my second favorite album of all time. It's just a masterpiece of beauty. Oh, I never! That's a nice. thing. <laughs> I just thought, a masterpiece, masterpiece. it is. It really beauty. a beauty. It really is. Like, if you try and describe what the music is of Pet Sounds, it's hard to describe. But I would say it's it's a masterpiece of beautiful music. <laughs> it's really what it is. And um, anyways, we'll move on from that. It's really hard to talk about these songs and because every week I'm kind of saying the same thing in a way about how great these songs are. The song but hopefully is, I can convey a little bit
1: of why, why I like these songs, is, yeah. like
0: the lyrics like that and Carl Wilson's vocals and stuff. Just so people know, and I just want people to listen to the song. If they haven't listened to it, most people have listened to God Only Knows, but there are some songs on here which are very uh, obscure I would like people just to listen to them and see if if they like it too. Uh, we're going to come up to something very similar to what I've just done when we reviewed the album today, um, which is coming up soon. But um, On the show? Not on next week's show? No, actually, actually, this topic of favorite <clears throat> songs is going to come up very soon, but first... Oh, I didn't tell you to do this, Rob. Oh, no, I forgot. Oh, no, so I can't do that. Tabs, ah, so many times. Ah, the show's over. Gotta go. It's uh, it's time. It's time for the popular segment.
1: Papa, don't take no mess. I didn't like that. We're going to do it again.
0: It's time for the popular segment.
1: Papa, don't take no mess.
0: I like that. I kind of like it's very cool. Like,
1: hey, yeah, it wasn't too, too emotional, Papa, but it says, "Don't mess with." Because me. you're not yelling at the child. Yeah. You're just kind of, "Hey, Papa, don't take no mess. Papa, don't take You're just giving him good advice early on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is this is the the thing that I bumped the letters for, and I don't the email. I don't know if I should have done it or not, because I'm kind of blanking at the moment about. I was really I was really excited to do it when I thought of it. And now that like a week has passed,
1: it's like, I don't know. What was I thinking at the time? Oh, I, <laughs> I was I drunk, yeah. <laughs> why did I Why did I take
0: that dupe? It was way too strong. <laughs> so this is where I give my opinion <clears throat> on something, and you either like it or you lump it. You understand? <laughs> don't write me no emails, because you know what I'll do? I'll throw them away. Or even worse, I'll give them to the Uptown Mike, and he'll do things with it that you don't even want to please sir may I be indifferent <laughs> <laughs> you know you have to like it if you don't if you don't absolutely like it then, then I you have to lump, lump it, it. Uh, I hate lumping it so what I want to is talk about is uh just something I I read about a week ago from uh an article uh on Keith Richards and it was just a very short interview because he's releasing uh it's already released the deluxe edition of his expensive winos, live at the Hollywood Palladium. And so he was doing an interview for that live album. And so uh, there was something he said that really, really stuck with me. And I thought that it would be a good little segment to talk about. I don't know if it is anymore, but we'll see.
1: Best get it out of your system. Yeah, I was going to say something. I was <laughs> going to say something funny, but maybe you wouldn't be confused. It. Um, it's all about timing.
0: <laughs> the person, The person doing the interview asked him what he thought of today's music. And this is something we have talked about. This is not a new subject. We have talked about this many times over the course of over. Today's music
1: is different. Up in our third
0: year now. We've talked about this many times. But I liked his response. And he said, should we use the real word, was his first response. (laughs) Synthesized is what he said. (laughs) And, of course, this is Keith Richards, who's like one of the coolest guys on the planet and he said are we allowed to say that which is funny because
1: we're so not allowed to say things you can't say anything bad about anything no you can't you can't even say bad things about like a car because you might hurt its feelings and even
0: even he's kind of joking about oh can i say this stuff that i'm going to say because i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings (laughs) but he goes i mean of course it is. I wish I could do keys with Of course it is, man.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Of course it is. It's synthesized. It all, I love this, it all blends everything out. And now on for a few years, I mean, your violins are a synthesizer. He says, Isn't that wrong? <laughs> Isn't that totally wrong? He says, Your drums are now a synthesizer. And I have been saying this. For so long, and Rob has preached this too, I can't listen. I don't have anything bad to say about, you know, the pop songs that are on the radio. Except for the way that they're all homogenized and not played by real people. There could be good songs there, but I never know because I can't get, maybe it's my age. I can't get by the fact that there's almost no humans playing yeah. And there's no real live-sounding instruments. They all sound like they're from a synthesizer, which is what Keith Richards is saying.
1: That's the feel I get.
0: And he just says, yeah, exactly. When like, I
1: listen to the, like, I'm um, using the 70s, and i of the guitarist I hear, and just the, the way they, uh, the, the vibrato on the strings or the way they slide, you know that's a human being doing that. Because it would be too complicated to synthesize.
0: We got that today on the album that <clears throat> that we're reviewing with the flaming groovies with their slide guitar playing, and you you know that it's slide like these guys like <laughs> that's real music that you can't duplicate that on a machine or on a like a you can't even map that No, out.
1: you can duplicate the simplest sounds on a machine. You can get them sounding like. Uh, Like it actually sounds like on the instrument, but only if a guy who's not too knowledgeable is playing it.
0: And we go back to this, we go back to this non human thing, like me and Rob (laughs) go back to this in the mid 80s because we bought a drum machine because we had had troubles with drummers.
1: Drummers, And
0: sometimes they would show up. We had a couple of drummers that they wouldn't show up. So instead of not doing a, 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 a rehearsal, we would have a drum machine. And these things were terrible. First, you know you have to program everyone in, and they don't just give the the, the Yeah, you can't uh, the just press the Bossa
1: Nova beat. And yeah, go. exactly.
0: And it was just a pain in the ass. And they don't sound like drums. They sound like computer drums. Yes,
1: yeah, they sound like a, a mechanical, a machine. And you know what? Maybe that's the sound you're going they've for if you're only, doing some industrial work. Exactly.
0: But... And they've only improved for my liking, but a little bit <laughs> in, in uh, 10, 20, 30, in 34, 35 years, they've only, they've only sound a little bit better. They still all sound synthetic. And that's the part about the eighties I hated. And yet the music since the millennium, since, since we turned into the millennium, all the music sounds like the eighties. And I'm even not knocking the eighties because there was only like a couple, of, a couple of instruments on every song that would sound like, um, they'd have the drums maybe like that yeah. Phil Collins drum sound but they would still was, have other instruments that sounded maybe... real now everything sounds fake <laughs> even though vocals are processed and they take away the wrong notes if there are any which means you're not a good enough singer yeah. like, hey <laughs> I'm not a very good singer but I kept my vocals on there because that's how I sing
1: yeah, I didn't have any changes. I uh, If I didn't uh, like the way I sang it, I'd do it again. But
0: Yeah, and you try and correct the note. And if, if you can't, and then it's like, well, you know, we'll try and cover it up with a, maybe a a, a, a double vocal thing. or yeah. harmony. But, you know, to like to try and adjust it. And it sounds so, you know, it's just like with movies. Movies nowadays has the, the you can get, you don't have to get 300 extras. You can put it on the computer. CGI I, at all. CGI, I can tell. And I know that people, even if they're not very smart when it comes to movies, they can, in their back of their minds, in their subconscious, they know too that that's not real. But you see an old movie from like the
1: 1960s, like Spartacus oh, yeah. or something. Where was they're I was watching use... The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, some of yes. like the Civil War scenes they had in that. I'm where thinking, got... how many extras did they have to oh, get my out God. there? It's, it's
0: huge. huge. <laughs> it's huge. And it's, you know, I understand, oh, it's so expensive and you can do more stuff. Be, like other stuff, because you didn't get all those extras, but you can tell. I swear to God, you yeah. can tell, and it diminishes the movie. Just like making a computer play your instruments diminishes the music. And these songs will not be sung in 50 years. The songs from like 19, not even 19, from the, from 2000 until now, and keep on until things change. These songs will not be sung because they're for the moment. They are generated to to be popular now, but they're written by five people, which always pisses me off. <laughs> how, why, to a guy who who has written many three-digit songs, I'm not going to say how many songs I've written, but lots of songs by myself, I don't see how it takes five people to write a freaking song unless you're trying to capitalize as commercially as, as much as you can on certain words and certain sounds and, That's not music. At least that's not rock and roll. Rock Uh, and roll is mistakes. Rock and roll is also perfection. Rock and roll is so many things, but what it is not is well thought out.
1: It should never be well (laughs) thought out. (laughs) I always imagined that I could create a uh, a computer program to, uh, you know, actually uh, do all the things necessary to write a song, but uh, I'm starting to think there's uh, other people who've uh, had those thoughts and acted on them. Yeah. It's gonna be all computer-generated music. Uh, you know, my, my
0: <laughs> that is my biggest, and luckily we're getting up an age, and maybe, and you know, not too much long, we won't have to worry about that kind yeah. of stuff. When you're 20, I can't imagine being like we were when we started our band,
1: and then wanting and to be like in a band computers. like the Beatles.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, wanting to be like the Beatles and the Stones, and then, and, and it was it was quite a glorious time. It always was until it really got to the millennium and 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 the whole. Thing became pop music and and synthesized music. I love that Keith Richards used like it's all synthesized because it is. It's the perfect word to use. I would not want to be a musician nowadays. You don't make any money. Not like we made any money back then, but at least you had a chance to make money. Yeah. People don't. People love to see rock bands, but they don't want to hear them on on albums or streaming, and they just don't. I don't know why. Um, it's the only playing. It's the only. It's, Music other than jazz that actually plays the instruments, you know, and Keith Richards last sentence in this paragraph of which was a great paragraph of an answer when he talks about your drums are a synthesizer. And then he said, how horrible (laughs) the idea of playing drums on a keyboard. That idea alone is unthinkable. And that is so correct. And, of course, it is a guy who's almost 80 years old talking. Or is a... I don't know how old Keith Richards is now. He's getting uh, he's I'm close to 80. He'll, I think he will be more uh, 78 this year. So uh, here's a guy who, yeah, is 78. But he's also seen the best of music. And he's seen the worst of music. Just like us. People say, oh, my God. Maybe you're you know it's past your prime. And you don't talk about... You just talk about... You know, every... <laughs> we've seen these kids haven't haven't heard the best of music they haven't heard the worst of music well they've heard the worst of music <laughs> but they haven't been through the ups and downs of growing up in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and and some of them have, have grown up in the 90s but not too much and and there is a you learn you just yeah. learn things and the stuff i like i don't think it's a preference i just think men w- and women were made to play Real interest. I love by the way, I love women. Oh cats Chicks women, playing guitars? Women don't their breasts get noise music. it had nothing to do with anything, but are is is my Achilles heel. I just love <laughs> it. If I see a woman and I don't
1: see it often enough. Oh, oh. <laughs> back in, back in <laughs> I can my
0: speechless. No, because I'm thinking of the time that me and a friend uh uh had a mic open night. And we were we were the uh, we would introduce the bands at the club. Oh yeah, okay. You know the friend I'm talking about. And a woman came up and we introduced her. And I remember I had a really bad flu when we played, but still I watched her. And I tell you, I just thought that that was the biggest aphrodisiac I could. A woman (laughs) with a guitar. I understand now how women can become groupies when they see guys. You know, some women can get just Gaga over it. When I see women play guitars or piano or any instrument, yeah, and then sing their lyrics, I'm just like, wow, that's so attractive to me. Because I'm a
1: huge fan of ability, like ability. Uh, when, yes. Yeah, when she does something and uh, she can do it well, that draws your attention.
0: The only ability like... we're looking at nowadays is the ability to sing. That's yeah. all we're looking at. We're not yeah. looking at the ability to write a song all by herself, play any, instruments. or to play the instruments that. Uh, um, uh, there are exceptions. I could name them, but I'm not because we're running out of time. But I just the idea—I just can't get this out of my head. What Keith Richards said: the idea of playing drums
1: on a keyboard yeah. is just unthinkable. <laughs> you have a drummer who does that professionally. Over the years, he gets good at it. He gets imaginative at it. You have a keyboard player going. He's just—he's filling in some parts, uh, the simplest possible thing that a drum could play. How these people even. <clears throat>
0: rehearse how do they, how do they <laughs> no, seriously how does how does somebody rehearse when they don't have a band like they have a band but even then they're playing like electronic type of synthesized instruments i mean how do you just go off on a, a 12 minute tangent on a song i can't see it being done everything is just so it's just so no you can't do that everything's got to be four minutes mm-hmm. and then you and then you go into the next song it's it's like the 60s but in the 60s in a bizarro world you know in a bad yeah. world <laughs>
1: It's you know, like you have three-minute songs, but it was
0: great three-minute song. You go to the next one.
1: If the 60s had gone the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: the 60s had gone Republican.
1: <laughs> yeah, hair's uh, gotten a bit long there.
0: <laughs> Let's keep those songs a little bit more pad Boonish if we could. Thank you. Um, so anyways, that actually that turned into a good segment. I maybe sitting on this too long. I thought it wasn't going to be good, but actually it was. The thing well, we do say this quite often. It's not like an original thought that I came up with. It's just that reading it in the last week From an interview with Keith Richards, just sparked that idea. It's it's like I'm not the we're not the only ones who think
1: like that. You don't feel alone all the
0: time. Okay, wait
1: So you've noticed this too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's exactly
0: (laughs) how I felt. They said, I gotta say this on the show because we're not just these two guys on a mountain saying this. There are other people. And Prestigious, Prestigiously can't get very are much more much bigger mountains. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't many more bigger mountains, Keith Richards says stuff. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I gotta put that. On. I'm glad I did. And we still got time. I didn't think we'd get all this stuff in today, but we're gonna we're gonna do our, our album review. I'm really happy. To get to all this, because I had four things to do, and we've done three of them already. We're finally I'm...
1: getting the hang of it. The timing, it's, it's yeah, was going, really... okay. We got the intro over in four or five minutes. okay, on to the next. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, is. It's kind of neat.
0: Okay, so the album that we're going to uh, review today, my voice kind of broke there for a second. The way i a young man. <laughs> <laughs> Our featured album today is by the San Francisco band, the Flamin' Groovies. And their 1971 album, Teenage Head. Oh, yeah, baby. Give me some Teenage Head.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, this It, it is, had to be said. You got to get out of your system. I, I oh, yeah, will explode. The
0: joke was right Who there? wants to explode? It's Nobody. right there, Rob. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this is a band, an album a career that is so strange and is so uncharacterizable in any sort of way it's really it's really weird in everything i'm going to talk about not weird in like that's weird but it's it's different than what you assume a band does and you'll see when i get to talking about all the points that i was going to talk about because the Flamin' Groovies are a San Francisco band that started in the late 60s. <laughs> and they are not a San Francisco. They don't sound like a San Francisco band. They're not like the Grateful Dead. They're not like the Jefferson Airplane and all those other bands. Quicksilver, Messenger, Service. And these, these guys were like rock and roll guys. Like, like really rock and roll guys. But the thing is that there was like two Flamin' Groovies bands. There was the one that we're going to talk about today which released three albums from 1969 to 71 that kind of period then the lead singer and partial writer quit and and the second guitarist also quit and then after 4 years of very little activity except a couple of singles hey, what do you the want band do? reformed The band, well, the band never quit. They were just always there. I don't know why they didn't release anything, but they got a new front man, a new singer and writer and another guitarist. And then they became a power pop band. And that's basically, they're still around today. They did break up for a while in, in, I don't know, the millennium or something. and, And they've just, there's a picture of them that I'm looking at right now from 2019 playing live. And so there's this kind of ramshackle (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what they were at this stage that we're reviewing them at. Ramshackle, Stones, like punk rock band that started out. And then there's the second Mark II band, which is a power pop band. And why I wanted to sig- what's the word? segue Segway. Segway. Segway into mm-hmm. what I was talking about, the greatest mm-hmm. songs of all time, is that a song that just missed my greatest songs of my top 30 greatest songs of all time. Like I just mean just missed was a song that is considered one of the greatest songs of all time. Uh, Grill Marcus even wrote a book about the top 10 songs uh, that he wanted to talk about very recently, just a couple years ago. And one of them was he dedicated a whole chapter to uh, the flame and groovies shake some action from 1976, which I think is one of the most perfect songs ever done, perfect power pop songs you've ever heard. But we're not talking about that <laughs> this is the we're talking about the first incarnation of the band. We will do another flame groovies. And the flame groovies, you look at like all music site and they got all these five-star ratings and yet their album sold dick. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> never then, heard them on the radio. Not they, they were never
0: on the radio except for Shake Some Action. They were this incarnation of the band which went till 1971 never on the radio never close to being on the radio never close to selling albums I
1: and mean, these guys were on um, uh, epic records weren't they is that what I think I thought I read
0: yes I think that yes they were they were on uh, yes, I mean, actually yeah,
1: being on a major record label you'd figure uh, they'd be uh, support posters
0: uh... actually Rob their first album was on epic and it didn't do anything so they got let go. Right away on their first album. Okay. And then their second this, their second album and this album, their third album, was on Kama Sutra Records. And, oh, that explains it. And right. then that didn't sell, because it's Kama Sutra Records. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, then they kind of released singles, like just a sporadic <laughs> single now and then for the next four years, or five years, until Shakes. some in- It's a really strange history, of this band. And you never, there's like no footage of this band. Like, there is like, in the, uh, the power pop you get the occasional footage on youtube but there's absolutely there's hardly even any pictures of this band playing live in this incarnation that we're talking about let alone any tv appearances or anything so it's a really strange (laughs) like love is like that Uh, arthur lee's love like you can hardly find anything on that band in the 60s like there's almost no tv exposure that they got almost no pictures of them playing live there's only just pictures of them in, in like studio shots for album covers so and and everybody in this band doesn't some of them look like they should be in a band some of them don't it's such a strange story the album we're going to talk about is such a strange album in a good way um the band was formed uh by roy loney who was their singer he was very much of a rockabilly type of rock and roll guy and uh, tim lynch Uh, they met in high school and they decided in 1965 we're going to join a band and they got their friend george alexander who nobody knows a heck of a lot about (laughs) he's a mystery guy a mystery guy for like 50 years or whatever, since, like, 1965, He's nobody knows so much about George profile. Alexander. He looks, he looks like a thug. I don't want to be rude. But <laughs> he does. He looks like like a, one of the Stooges, you know, like Iggy and the Stooges, like, playing bass. He looks really tough, like he should be robbing stores instead of playing bass. Um, He joined the band, and then they got Danny Mim, who uh, has passed away, but he was on drums. He doesn't look like he should be in a band. <laughs> he's got glasses and I got glasses, but he looks like, you know, he should be studying for astrophysics. And uh, so they played for like three years and then they got uh, Cyril Jordan on guitar. Now, Cyril Jordan is the key figure. He's the he's the guy that you hear all the guitar parts from and and okay. writes, writes, writes. Songs along with Roy Loney at the beginning, and then later on, he would write the songs from the Power Pop. He's the guy, Cyril Jordan is the guy. Anyways, they would play places like the film. I can't imagine the Flaming Groovies being on some of the bills they were at Fillmore in 1968. And no pictures, <laughs> and no pictures for one thing. There's, you, I mean, there probably are, but I, I looked quite hard and I only found a couple of things, and that's hard to believe for a band that was around especially in san francisco like they were so anti-san francisco <laughs> everybody's grooving and they're like fuck
1: you <laughs> time um, to rock <laughs> yeah exactly play some blues
0: and so they released their first album in 1969 called Superstaz didn't do anything or in roy loney's words the lead singer the album was all over the map which is actually is kind of what you can say about this album too because that's kind of like the bat how the band was it's very weird. I don't think we've done an album or a band that's as this
1: difficult all to pin over. Down. Yeah,
0: difficult to pin down as this album and band is. Yeah, so is,
1: for the first time, I actually have three descriptors for the uh, when I heard the album uh, as, as far as uh, what I thought it was. What were they?
0: Well, oh, just wait. Just wait a second. Just wait because I well I think I'm I think I'm done here. And then they released this album. They released an album. Which got huge critical reviews in 1970, called "I Just Lost It." I should remember <laughs> it because I know the album. It has I, to do with tabs. I, I listed Flamingo. I I thought it was, but then I was thinking, ah, oh, doesn't sound right. But it was Flamingo. And then they released this album in 1971, uh, "Teenage Head." And then uh, Roy Loney, like I said before, Roy Loney quit. He was, uh, you know, he wanted to do other things and. You know, he took the the guitarist, the other guitarist with him, the second guitarist. And then, I don't know what the hell happened for five years. It's <laughs> still a band, but they're not releasing anything. And But anyways, to get back to this album, because that's really what we're talking about. We will talk about, you know, the, people should be talking about the Flame and Groobies. They're such a great band, both in this incarnation and in the power pop. Incarnation, I've that, never heard anything this.
1: of them before. You should listen
0: like... to Shake Some Action. Seriously, tonight you should put it on, not the album, but the song. Um, but, um, nobody knows about them, nobody freaking knows about them. I and mean, they're such a great band. And uh, and this album is just uh, wow, it some of it sounds like 1956. Elvis Presley at Sun Studios.
1: Yeah. I some of it that.
0: sounds like the Stones in nineteen seventy
1: one. This album has been compared to Sticky Fingers, released the same year. The guitarists distinctly gave me that impression. Yeah. The slide guitars.
0: There's a lot of there's a, a couple of songs which are very stones influenced in that era. And then some of it sounds like it's coming right out of nineteen seventy
1: nine or seventy eight in like punk, punk rock. The I mean vocals gave me a an I don't care punk kind yeah. of yeah uh,
0: exactly some of them we're going to talk about some of the lyrics and some of the vocals because some of the some of the lyrics are just there to be filled in you know what i mean like just to make noise and yeah Yeah. and uh i kind of got that like i have listened to this album before i picked it i've listened to it a couple times i don't know five or six years ago and i liked it and but i didn't really give time to it but i really liked it because i had heard that it sounded like sticky fingers or or brick jagger said it was better than sticky fingers. So I, I listened to it and I go, yeah, it does have that sticky fingers feel to it, that stones feel. But then I kind of moved on to other stuff and I didn't really give it time to, you know, I gave it like two listens and I said, this is really good. And then I kind of moved on. I gotta it. go. I gotta go. I got other things busy to do. Busy guy. Go. I got busy guy. Busy day. I to do. So uh, <laughs> that's my thing to do, boys. <laughs> to Get out of here. <laughs> so uh, the songs, oh, God starts off like if there's any drawback to this is that it's just all over the map i mean Roy loney said that about the first album this is all over the map it's like piecemeal it's like great song after great song but it's just like today we're gonna do this (laughs)
1: we're gonna do this style of (laughs) Let's sound like this today (laughs) yeah Yeah, let's try one in three four
0: (laughs) that is so correct it's like let's sound like this today wouldn't that be cool and you can get that vibe like at the at the end of the album no, not the end of the album, but but side two. Side two is really yeah. interesting. Because side two starts off with Angry. Angry. It sounds like 1979. It's got Teenage Head, <laughs> which is <laughs> such a great song.
1: And it's so
0: freaking great. And it sounds right out of 1978. It does not sound like 1971. And it's just uh such a great song. I think I have the lyrics here. Yeah, I have the lyrics, and the lyrics just
1: blow me away. That's the one that I like the lyrics on. Uh, bunch of them. I, I tell you, I couldn't hear a lot of, some of the lyrics because they they think get mixed in with the uh, the guitar. Oh, stuff. I know. That's why
0: you gotta get the the printed <laughs> lyrics, like I got from mm-hmm. the uh, internet, because you can't
1: distinguish most of what's being said. No, and that's it, one of my complaints with it. But um, I'll get to that later and this
0: is very much like teenage head i'm a monster got a revved up teenage head <laughs> a teenage monster california born and bred that's great half a boy mm-hmm. and half a man this is very similar to what uh iggy would write with search and destroy you know i'm a nuclear a bow Like search and destroy i'll give it away we'll be in my top 30 songs <laughs> of all time but this was before uh stooges uh search and destroy and it it's just got amazing. I'm a teenage head. And, and I got a woman. She's my hopped up high school queen. <laughs> like, there's just crazy. She's
1: a love machine.
0: She's a love machine. She's a, she's my woman. She's a teenage love machine. She knows how to turn me on and get me high, <laughs> which is so radical in 1971. I mean, wow.
1: You're not going to be on the Ed Sullivan show. Not with lyrics no, like No, I that. mean, that's
0: why th- that's why they don't get played on the radio. That's why they didn't sell any records. It's they just, were. first of all, the songs you can hear the lyrics. Uh, you can't play they got them. stuff like that, and then the songs you sometimes you just can't make out anything. And but it's it's all really just for fun. It's it's just it's just a kicking album, and then it's got this great um, like it's just this punk. This kid's a teenage head. Is basically what it. Most of the songs, half the songs don't mean anything, but some of them do. This guy's a teenage head. He's a punk. Right? Yeah. When you see me, better turn your tail and run, cause I'm angry, <laughs> and I'll mess you up for fun. That's a great line, and that's, then it ends with. That's called a character song. I'm a child of a. I'm a child of atom bombs and rotten air and Vietnam's. I am you. You are me. And, I, and that ends the song. And then you're like, "Fuck, man, let's go tear something yeah, down, smash something." <laughs> but what these a stick is, after this tremendous. Bolt of electricity that's gone through your body because it's such an amazing freaking song then it goes into this half of the second album which is like first he's let they do a robert johnson cover with 3220 and then they put their own lyrics in it which makes it really strange but it's very acoustic and it throws you off because the side starts with like uh, this power punk song that's just like boom and then it's like a robert johnson song done really good but really it's like it's really a stew that's just going, you know. Like, once you think you've got some meat in your stew, then there's some potatoes in there that pops up that you didn't expect. I then it it goes, like I
1: always got the bay
0: yeah. And then after that, the album turns <laughs> into two songs that sound exactly like 50s, yeah. Sun records with Elvis. And they even Roy Loney even uses Elvis's voice on the two songs, Evil Heart and Ada. And Dr. Boogie, and Dr. Boogie, one site, didn't even have the lyrics. They didn't know what the fuck the lyrics were. (laughs) One, though, I did find the lyrics to Dr. Boogie, which is almost indecipherable on on the record. But when I found the lyrics, I was going, this is so funny. Uh, Well, hey, little bobble with big green eyes, I'd like to take you home and try you on for size. You got to hate the hate, you got to hate the hate, you got to hate the hate if you want to get along with me. <laughs> and then he sings, this is like, well, sweet little baby, you way you look so fine, but be my woman got to walk the line. You got to mow the lawn, you got to mm. mow the lawn, you got to mow the lawn if you want to get along with me. That's fantastic. The mow the
1: lawn, that <laughs> grabbed my ear. I was like, I've never heard that in all of music. <laughs>
0: oh, I've never heard that. Rob is right. I have never heard that expression <laughs> before. And it fits with kind of like this nervous <laughs> rockabilly that they're doing. And it's just, there's, everything is great about every song. It's just, it's it's so all over the map.
1: You know I, what I, I mean? like the all over the map. Do thing. you? you see I get the, it, it, it bugs me when uh, I'm listening to an album and it's kind of a, it blends into one another because they're all similar. Mm-hmm. This didn't have the uh, the similar. See, I
0: ca- right. I categorize mm-hmm. two forms of mm-hmm. all over
1: the map. One
0: is when it's all over the map, but it coalesces so well, like, the, like White the White Album. The White Album is all over the map, but it's a masterpiece. It all works for some reason, and to me, there isn't one bad song on this record. It's just an amazing record. But I don't feel a connection as a whole album. You for feel me, this is
1: more of a smattering than an artwork. All over the place. Just like Rory <laughs> Loney
0: said about the first album, I feel like it's all over the place, but not in a good way that it connects. I, I just feel like it was heading in one way and it just got it, it, it they just tried too many things. You know what I mean? And I'm not, it's just a small criticism. Well, it's a big criticism, but it doesn't diminish how great the album is. But it, it could have been a five-star masterpiece. It could have been. Every song, when you listen to it, it goes, oh, that's great, that's great, that's great. But <laughs> when you put them together, it's like, wow, this these, these guys are just, can't they get their thoughts together? <laughs> and then it ends, after all of that on side two, the, the album Woman's ends a with a fabulous song that should be played by everybody <laughs> in a band called Whiskey Woman, which just, it's like how the Stones ended Sticky Fingers with, a a mournful ballad moonlight mile and this is a beautiful ballad type of acoustic song that is just it's like a an opus at least for them it's an opus you know because it's it's serious and it's it's thoughtful and it's really smart and then you know that side two side one is mostly um kick out the jams uh Especially yesterday's numbers, which totally does not sound like 1970. Yesterday's numbers, I don't know, first of all, why it's not played on FM radio for the last 50 years because it's just an amazing song and it sounds so late 70s, early 80s as far as power rock. And, uh, oh, it's you know, I was thinking
1: if they had one uh, one song that got played on the radio, one hit song, this album, yeah, it would have been a classic. Y- yeah.
0: I, I agree. If they had that one that one, one song bit that, was, that yes. got
1: people buying the album, they would have listened to the album. Oh, wait a second! I totally agree. The
0: last thing I'm going to say before I mm-hmm. hand it over to you is another thing that, first of all, "High Flying Baby," which starts the song, has one of those. It's one of those songs that are just like made up words, <laughs> which I love. I just I, I I love it, but it's also it takes away at the for the overall impact. For me, anyways, but it's such a great song, it's a great song. But then there's a oh, friend, baby, oh, you know, it was he, but he, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, well. And then I saw the words, and they were just kind of like,
1: yeah, they're going more for the uh, the melody the of effect, the, yeah. the vocal punch.
0: But then the last thing I just want to say is that the song after that, City Lights, is a real nice country type of, of, of song with acoustic guitars, and it has this real nice um chorus but it's only used at the very end and then the song ends. where the there's the harmonies of all oh, city lights. And, and then, cause most of the song is just Rory Loney singing and it's not, it doesn't seem to be, doesn't seem to have a chorus. And then all of a sudden they put the chorus in at the end and it's really nice and then song ends. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just that kind of strange thinking that is both, a great thing for this album and this band, but it's also a hindrance, if you yeah. understand that. Yeah. I don't that's think you can understand it unless you bits. listen to it. If you're listening out there to what I'm saying, you're probably going, He's just, oh, what is he talking about? I said, You have to listen to this because then you'd understand, oh, that's what he means by it's all over the map. But it's all over the map in a, it's not, it's all over the map in this, this is a bad song, this is a good song, this is, it's all, oh, it's, I, there's not one song I would take off this record. It's just that they got their hands into so many
1: things. It's yeah, stylistically different and uh, feel-wise somehow different.
0: Very, very, you know, that's the thing, Rob. The feel. I if it was a a same feel, there might be a cohesion there. But it just feels like, like you said, oh, today we're going to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Just you know, just for fun.
1: It could be a compilation album of uh, nine different bands. It could be. Yeah. it could be and that's why that's the that's the problem i had with
0: this that's the only problem i had with this record is that some people can get a cohesion out of this i couldn't i just thought it was way too all over the map and it just this song didn't connect with the song that was before it, and it just made it at the end i was thinking jesus could have been super monstrous but it's not because it's just like like you said, oh, well, today we're going to do this. Today we're going to do some records. How about that?
1: You can have no sense of expectation because you don't know what to expect. I am uh, the, the, the three categories. You, you listen to a, an album and you try and associate with other music and figure, okay, where does this fit? Uh, punk, blues, rockabilly. That's what I got <laughs> for this. Punk, that's, blues, rockabilly. That's right. It is. It is. <laughs> I've never used three different musical styles to describe a style before. <laughs> See, uh, the way I described
0: it was through through uh, time, which, I as I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, different which was, periods. Which, which were like 56, <clears throat> 71, and 79. These are the periods. It does sound at times current, 1971. It does sound just like out of 1956. And they have this amazing ability in the other third of the songs to sound Way ahead of time. I mean, way ahead of time, like eight years ahead yeah, of
1: time. Definitely, uh, the punk, I got that feel immediately from the vocals. He's not singing like uh, the other kids. I think he knows at the time, okay, if I'm singing like this, I'm probably not going to get played on the radio, but I don't care. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the another person I thought of with a, a really uncommercial voice uh, who did get played was Blue uh, Reed. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the kind of voice you would normally associate with uh, popular music,
0: and and you wouldn't think would get played. Yeah, he was just too good not like his music. Yeah, but the other thing is he
1: also uh, lyrically had something to say. Yeah, those lyrics would grab you and pull you in a lot of this time. uh, Whereas your biggest complaint with this album, it was kind of all over the place. My biggest complaint is the mixing, the production. Oh
0: yeah, you know what I was going. I
1: I got to complain about that.
0: I've got to agree (laughs) with you. I've got and there was. Well, the one thing that really stands out every time I heard it, I don't know if it was for you, I'm gonna but the drums on Whiskey Woman, which is our first it's such an this could have been a career-making song. This song is so good, the last song on the album Whiskey Woman, but the drums are so high <laughs> and and they're busy. And I was thinking, what are you guys doing? Like like you're killing the song because it's like and it should be just the the guy just Simply just keeping the very soft time because it's a beautiful song. But what a lot of times I'm going, what are you guys
1: thinking? <laughs> <laughs> played it inappropriately there.
0: There are times when they do do things inappropriately.
1: Yeah, and... it's hard to you know to imagine. It's hard to say was this the result of someone not knowing what they're doing, or was this the sound they were going for? So exactly. Go that's judge. what I
0: can't. know. did they actually want the drums to? To yeah. play it that loud and Was that in a ballad, like did they want that? Was but this you, a mistake?
1: My measuring stick uh, for uh, good and bad mixing. Uh, this uh, made the uh, the marker there for not good mixing. I spent uh, a little bit of time uh, every time I, I stop and listen. I think where's the bass. <laughs> I, I never. Heard don't hear bass. any bass. There was no bass. No, the only place I heard I was did. the Robert Johnson song.
0: You know what? Robert? That one and the one after. Yes, it. I did. I did. Uh, actually, it was uh, "Evil Hearted Ada," the song. Then I, I heard the. Is uh, that the one right after? Uh, after
1: yeah. Two? Yes, it is. Yeah, those That's two songs. That's the one I heard
0: the bass on. And you know what? That The
1: rest, I heard so funny Two or it three it guitars. I heard a flashed. vocal, and I heard drums, and the keyboards as well. Oh, yeah, the the keyboards in the
0: first couple songs you hear very well. Uh, The keyboards only used in the first two songs.
1: Well, I only really heard them uh, where the band would drop down and play a little thing, but other than that, they got kind of mixed down. And also, the vocals, as I mentioned, um, there were a lot of times, if not most of the time, they were mixed about the same level as the guitars. So this Kama Sutra Records, uh, I don't know who they had. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell the you, mixing. it's
0: funny because you know that me and Rob have been around a while and we know what we're talking about. Because when we listen to records, we're listening to everything. Yes, we're not I listening hear to all the of block. The we are. And this is totally serious. We I'm don't just like put on a record and say, that makes me dance. I love it. I We're listening to how loud the bass is in a song or should be. And I did like yeah and there were also It's amazing how many things if you know what and yeah. I'm not saying that we're incredible people but we're just we when you've been around long enough It's a skill you have you, to develop. It's a skill you have to develop. And you don't know, you listen for the quality of the songs, you listen for the quality of production, you listen for how loud some of the instruments are or should be. Yeah. And one thing that just like with Rob, we were talking it's funny cuz I would have totally missed this about the mixing because I was talking about other things. Yeah. But for a second, just just for a brief second when I was listening the last time yesterday, I said I didn't hear any bass except for that one song. And <laughs> I said same to myself, too, "Except for that one song that seemed to have a a, a, a string bass on it or a stand up bass." Yeah. I never I never was the 52, I the never noticed any bass and it just went through my mind real quick. And no, uh, I had tried all, listening for it because I had the, there was so songs. many things in this weird album that I had to think about. But it did cross my mind, like all that stuff. As you know, when we review an album, yep. crosses your mind how, like, when you I do weather report right
1: down in point form, every little thing, and then I oh, scratch yeah. off the ones. I
0: think exactly like like we talked about Wayne Shorter not really stepping up to the plate on weather report. Yep. <clears> Those are things that that's our job to do is to point out these things. Yeah, to point out whether an album's good or not it's just subjective right but yes exactly out...
1: like I say that's that's the part that kind of uh detracted a little from the album for me but I don't know if that's what they were going for or not but exactly as a, from my listener point of view that could have been done better yes everything I, else I like the uh the actual you like you like the
0: piecemeal part of it
1: I did yeah okay I like the playing uh the guitars uh, the drums what I heard of it I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the producer
0: certainly knows how to get a good guitar sound,
1: though. Yeah.
0: The guitar sound, the guitar sound is the main part of this album because there some it sounds so good. The guitars sound, the guitars actually sound sometimes seven, eight years ahead
1: of their time. There, there was a, the, I think, in "Whiskey Woman," there was a, at least one or two guitar parts. I thought he should have mixed those up. Yeah, they were too low. So mm-hmm. there are, there are definitely
0: some decisions that i disagree with also um mixing decisions or just decisions about where the song went like and i mean, sometimes i don't do that sometimes most of the time i don't do that but i'm i'm just think that this band is so scattered in a good way it just seemed a crazy band in general and has been for 50 years you know it's just it's just like we got the song, but we're gonna find some way to screw it up so it's not commercial. <laughs> and that's what they did. They had all. They have nine songs on this album, and most of them are excellent. Some are just very good, but almost every one of them, except for Teenage Head, which, but it can't be played on a radio. It's a perfect yeah, song. But I almost everything they do, something wrong. Almost like, like self-inflicted wounds. <laughs> and it's still a great album. We're not. Mm. We're just. We're just talking about the deficiencies of why this is, not because it should be a monster album. It should be. It should be a no problem five star record. But because of the deficiencies that Rob and I have said. I give this four, strong four stars, yeah. but it could have been so much more. And that's what that's what's always going to linger about this album. I for
1: started off with a three and a half, and I moved it up to a four over the course of the week. Uh, I know the vocals, uh, I started thinking, nah, I don't know about that. But as I listened to it more and more, they grew on me. I was like, okay, yeah, 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 I
0: get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did too. At the beginning, it's very disorientating. And it takes you away some some of the times from the music. Yeah, yeah, but then by the third or fourth time, you're, you're really like, okay, I, okay, I get it. Okay, that's the
1: character who's singing that that's song. Ca- that's what he sounds it. like. Yeah. Sometimes
0: that happens to people. Sometimes it takes a couple of listens and then you, you understand yeah. what they're going
1: for. <laughs> that's why you can't, uh, we uh, I can't come on the show just uh, having one listen.
0: I love doing this. Um, you know why? Because this is what we do. What we do, and I'm not preaching here. I'm just saying that the reason for this whole show is to bring about some things that the average listener might not pick out an album. It's easy to do a show like this and just say, <laughs> I love the album. It's Wouldn't so that be great <laughs> That'd be a short show. That'd be a short show. would be great. <laughs> but we, we, we listen to these things and it comes like second nature. I swear to God, it's not something that you either have or haven't. It's just, it's just, When you play music long enough and you listen to music long enough, you know what you're looking for, especially when you've been in the studio like we have, and you have to listen to songs over and over again and decide whether this is too loud or what decision it makes. Is it supposed to go up? You've got all these decisions to make. So when you listen to an album, our job is to to describe the album to you without playing you any music. And if we can do that, then our job is successful because our job is not... To tell you whether it's a good album. Because that's subjective. Our like job this. is to tell you what this album is. And whether you as the person. Who's listening would like it or not.
1: Yeah um, kind of. Um, uh, This is what it's like. If this is to your taste. Uh, this is what we heard. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And this is a hard album to describe. Yes. <laughs> we were handed a really tough album this week. And I, hopefully we described it as. I recommend it. I, I recommend it to people who like early 70s. Raunchy rock and roll, and definitely people who are into the uh, the the punk music, the early uh, punk, the early yeah. punk of uh, of MC5 or the Stooges or that ilk, uh, New York Dolls. This is this is really great. Yes, we've mentioned the deficiencies, especially well, not for Rob, but but for me, the kind of yeah. going all over because it didn't just go all over the place a little bit. It just blew <laughs> off the map. <laughs> and that was a little disconcerting. But you know what? It you detracts, may like it. People it, may like it
1: like that. It doesn't detract the music. It only detracts a bit from the album. <laughs> it only detracts
0: after you've listened to it and you say, well, uh,
1: yeah. As an it, album. Yeah, as there, an yeah. album.
0: Exactly. So we both give it four stars. Musically,
1: um, it was really good. But we uh, do wish it singing, was. Like the singing, like the plan.
0: We do wish. Yeah, we do wish that it was. It could have been more. I think yeah. we both agree. That the the album was there to be a five star album. Yeah, I could have done it. So um, that's our show. That was a good show.
1: Well, that's it. I'm leaving.
0: I'm going to go to, I'm not even going to sign off. No, I'm not going to (laughs) sign off. (laughs) I'm pissed off. These people don't deserve such great criticism. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We've been too good to them. So next week, we have, well, we have so much fun planned. I might not even show up. Because my heart, you know my heart, Rob. I can't, I can't take yeah, well, all that hilarity. It, oh, I, I
1: thought it was one you left in San Francisco. No, sorry. Oh yeah, that was uh, that's a bad joke. Uh, so <laughs>
0: you never want to leave a show on a bad joke, Rob. You know
1: that. I do because I'm indifferent.
0: So until next week, everybody, uh, take care and stay safe. Just later on